Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, welcome to Parenting the Adlerian Way. I'm your host, Adlerian family counselor and parenting expert, Allison Schaefer. Each week, I answer your burning parenting questions to help reduce the stress of parenting one tip at a time. We'll explore Adlerian psychology together and learn methods of child guidance for raising a happy, confident, capable, resilient child. Hi, parents. It's Allison. We're back for another session, and today it's going to be the Q&A format. I only had one question come into the queue, so I will answer that. But before I get to that, I'd like to take this opportunity to discuss the events that are happening in the Ukraine. Uh, if you've been following me, you know I've been on uh, social media, in regular media, uh, blogging. I'm trying to get as much information out to parents to be helpful, to help them support you know, yourselves and also your kids as we go through uh, this this historical event that's happening over there. As a bit of a way of background, the International uh, Adlerian Association uh, gets together, I believe it's every four years. And it, and so it was supposed to be in August in Lviv in the Ukraine. And they asked me if I would be a keynote speaker there. And I, when they first approached me, because it takes a long time to plan these conferences, I said, gosh, you know, I've kind of been hearing a little bit of unrest happening between Russia and you guys. Is everything stable over there? I'd, I'd love to come, but I'm a little worried. And they were like, no, we're fine. We're, we're, things are good. You know, we're on the inland and, and not to worry. So I accepted the invitation and then COVID hit and we had to switch everything over to being online anyways. But, uh, but I did my keynote and my keynote speech was talking about why Adlerian parenting is what the, the world needs today. And I was sort of making a pitch for the idea that 
if we're going to, that the world is becoming more and more a global space and that we have a greater call for cooperation, that we can't live in our silos, that we have to work together. And to begin that process, we have to start by having democratic practices in the home and raise kids that are socially interested to to want to care for one another instead of compete, et cetera, et cetera. So isn't it ironic that that keynote address happens in a city where six months later, the very thing that I'm trying to espouse to, to make the world a better place has to suffer at the hands of um, a, a, a dictatorship that um, is bombing their city. And I have friends there. We have, a, you know, all during the conference, we were all chatting through WhatsApp. We're still chatting. I'm getting regular updates from them now. They're talking about how we can help, how things are on the ground. I'm seeing live video footage from my friends, not just, you know, from the news feeds on, you know, standard news sources. So I'm very, you know, it touches me in a very, very, very deep way. And it's been part of Part of the Adlerian culture, thank you from Alfred Adler, but it's been part of our culture that if we're going to support democracy and egalitarian, respectful human relationships and get out of superior, inferior organizations of societies, then what the Adlerians have done is that whenever a country has managed to get away from, escape, get freed from, or be prevented. Like we have friends in, in um, Taiwan right now as well that we are supporting and backing um, as mainland China wants to uh, claim them as well. But I was in uh, Lithuania. Lithuania was a country that had freed himself, itself from, um, from communism. And we uh, went and had our first conference there. We were the first conference that ever worked with the country to help them establish um, international banking funds, I believe. Um, and, uh, you know, I think I told you that I was there in Bulgaria's 25th anniversary of their emancipation from communism. And part of why they have taken the rights to my books and published them into Bulgarian is because countries that have been under those regimes and who get free and want to fight for democracy... They want to know how to do it a better way. And we Adlerians have a lot of those answers. And so we're, we're, we're very beloved and, and we, we don't just write books and give conferences, we help. And so we're in there, we're in there early. And uh, so I'm very sad and, um, and yet I'm very hopeful. So that's, that's the background for, for me personally and, and where our, our Adlerian community is. We've been jumping on Zoom calls asking, asking how we can quite specifically help um, what we can do as a, as a community. So um, as I learn more about what would be helpful and useful, I will share that with you folks. Um, but as a parent who is just sort of dealing with this, maybe not through the Adlerian lens per se, like I am that passionately, but just, you know, oh my God, my kids are like watching the news and getting freaked out. Um, let me just give you some advice that I've been sort of sharing with uh, the media outlets about how to go about this. And first thing is we have to be age specific or age dependent and also a little bit about personality temperament you know some kids are very sensitive and some kids are nonchalant and kind of you know things roll off so you do know your kids best but there is um a misunderstanding i think on the behalf of parents that when kids are little 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 like you know whatever babies in in their snugglies or in their bouncy chairs or in their play pens 
we tend to have this idea that, oh, well, you know, they're, they're so small, they couldn't possibly understand what I'm watching on my iPad or what's happening on the six o'clock news. And that's not true. They don't understand it. That's, that is true. But even a small developing child, an infant can see those, those images, a tank, bombs, fire, uh, people holding guns, um, the sounds, the sounds of bombs exploding, shrieking. We are wired to be cooperative, peace-loving people. And those images go against our brain's organization of what is peaceful and calm. And, and they can't make sense of it, but they know it's not good. So when they do research, they see that stress stress responses happen in little children just by the mere looking at those images. So I would say if you have little kids, my, my uh, um, tip for you is, Turn off the news, turn off the radio. Of course, you need to be updated. That's completely fine, but do it privately. Don't have it as the backdrop of your family room. Try to keep this away from kids. Now, when they're little, they're almost always with you. You you almost, you know, you can really control the, the exposure to what a kid sees and doesn't see, you know, when you have young kids. But as kids start to get older, we start to not really have full control. And so when you start having a, you know, six, seven, eight year old, now suddenly you're at Tim Hortons and they have the um, screen up in the corner and people are sitting around having their coffee and watching the news. And there it is. You just thought you were going to stop in for a hot chocolate and a Timbit. And the next thing you know, your kids seeing these graphic images or, you know, you're at the checkout at the grocery store and the people ahead of you in line are talking to uh, the cashier and talking about their family in the Ukraine and, and they hear, Oh, it's going to be world war three. Well, if you're a little kid and you're like, Oh my gosh, people are talking about world war three. I just saw that image at Tim Hortons. And as a kid who can't put together all that stuff, you know, what does World War III mean to them? It, you know, it means there's going to be another war and it's going to be around the world, which means they think bombs are going to go off in their country. They think bombs and fighting are going off in every country around the world. So they can, that's just one example. But the idea is they, 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 they now have exposure to information, but they don't have the full faculties to fully interpret it. And they're not necessarily going to come up to you and say, hey, you know, gee, mom, dad, could you give me a clarifying uh, piece here? They're just going to walk around confused and suddenly be very clingy and having nightmares. And, and um, you know, you're going to be like, oh, I don't know. I, 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 I've kind of kept this from them. I don't know why they're suddenly so upset about things. Um, but they probably have seen things. They've heard it on the playground. They heard it from older siblings of their friends. So chances are by the time they're, you know, in that school age, early school age years, they're, they're having access and you need to assume that they have. And so I think the point for parents then is to do that check-in say, Hey, um, uh, you know, there's sort of some big world events happening right now in the Ukraine. Uh, you know, what, what have you heard? Um, and so then you listen to what they've heard. And that's important because that gives us the opportunity to, to see how much the exposure is and also the accuracy of the information, but also then to say, and how are you feeling about it? Because it could be that they have it quite accurate and they're like, oh, I don't know, it's fine, whatever they get on their day. Some kids just can still be a little bit oblivious to it, you know? So I'm not going to make it a bigger thing to my kids than they make it for themselves because I'm trying to figure out how to make sure that they are feeling psychologically safe. I want to be that barrier that information passes through. So I'm, I'm like a, a filtration system for my kids. And the older they are, the more I'm going to let filter through. Um, and the younger they are, the more I'm going to try to protect them and keep that filter quite fine. But I'm also an interpreter because um, the, 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 the misunderstandings can be, can be really large. And of course, if they're hearing it through news, 
and I do a lot of the news, but let's face it, if it if the, the, the inflammatory headlines catch people's attention. So that's great for getting readership or viewership, but that's not great for kids who suddenly hear things that are quite dramatic. So we're going to clarify, we're going to help them um, make sense of things. And part of that is, is first of all, to, to say, uh, we're very worried about our friends. Of course we are, but this is happening very far away and, um, and we're safe here. And aren't we fortunate that we're safe here, um, that we'll help our friends and, um, and I think that's important. Um, but this idea that right now a bomb is not going to get dropped on your head, daddy is not going to be conscripted to go off to war because kids at this age are still very egocentric. How does this impact me? Am I going to go to school? Is my daddy going to go? Are we going to be on fire? So we still have to kind of just say it in their terms simply. So be, always be truthful. Um, it does not help to placate kids because once they realize that you haven't told the truth, um, then you no longer become a um, authority figure that they can trust to give truthful information. So always, always tell the truth. Don't let them think that that there's wool being pulled over their eyes. Um, but that's where I'm saying is just say it simply. Don't say more than they need to know. Keep it simple. Of course, you're open to any questions, um, and you can keep following those questions. Keep checking in with them because again. Day one isn't the same as day five, isn't the day same as day three. So I think we have to keep kind of checking in on how they are and watching for those signs of, of distress and anxiety and, and being okay with trying to calm down life and other stressors right now. Try to take the rest of the stress out so their bandwidth isn't so explosive. And if they're a little bit clingy or whatever, listen to the clinginess and respond to the to the cl- clinginess. By the time you get to to teens, you know, they are full on in, in the news world. I mean, they are online. It's in all their feeds. It's in their TikTok. And there's where we can have another conversation that, you know, should be part of digital literacy anyways. But here's just a great example. You know, we need to talk about news sources. Is it fake news? Is it real news? Is it being um, the fact that you're watching it already means it's going to be amplified in your worldview. Um, it's very easy to suddenly become compassionate to the sense that you're following the news, but suddenly, you know, you've got a 14-year-old that instead of having a regular 14-year-old life, it's like they've been parachuted to the front lines of a war in the Ukraine. It's not even great that we're we're trying to protect the 14-year-olds in the Ukraine from seeing it for real. We certainly don't want to create one degree of separation from our teens. So yes, we want compassion. Yes, you know, we want them to be informed. But if you've got a child who is now constantly on their phone, what happened now? What happened now? When are they bombing? When are they arriving? Are the troops getting closer? That's going to create such anxiety and panic. So yes, get your news from a credible source. Get your news and check in later. So if you want to check in at 12, 3, and 6, or to say to your kids, you know, listen, um, you look like you're getting very overwhelmed with your worry about the world events. Um, why don't we take a little bit of a digital media break around that subject matter And I promise you, I will tell you if there's any updates that you need to know about. But trust me to do my job as a parent to let you know you're safe. And if there's any big news updates, I'll share them with you. Um, So so that can also be helpful. But also teens, you know, depending on depending on who they are, like teens can be very sophisticated and they can be very worldly. And, you know, they may really want to get into the geopolitical commentary about this. And this can be a teaching moment. I mean, you can start talking about Hitler and Stalin and Mussolini. And, you know, those are, these are important conversations that are now happening in the backdrop of something really contextual. Um, And so I, I think you can go there. You can have those conversations. If I think that's 
wonderful if you can. But I would also say, again, going back to the to the need to keep our kids psychologically safe, um, I think we have to focus on what is right and good and keep the optimism because we don't want a child's worldview to be tainted with this idea that, that mankind is awful. Um, we want to model a positive attitude, a calm attitude, a secure attitude that that good overrules evil and um that while this is a tragedy, people are fighting for democracy, which we believe in, fighting for people's rights, and people are rallying. And so when you have protests in Russia, the risk that those people have to take to go to St. Petersburg to, to stand in allegiance with the Ukraine in a country that could you know, send you off to the gulags, um, which in fact, sadly, is how um, Adler's daughter, Valentina, died. Um, she died in a, in a gulag. His wife, Reza, was Russian, and um, they were very fond of Russia. But when his daughter, who he adored, disappeared and could get no no information from behind the, uh, the communist protective um, lines, it finally took years later. It was uh, Albert Einstein, who was a friend of, of Adler's, and um, he, I guess, pulled strings and got information on the inside and, and finally got the confirmation that, in fact, Valentina had died in a gulag. Um, quite sad. So um, anyway, um, we need to talk about the things that are right and good that are happening, the responses, the, the fact that, um, you know, people are pouring in donations and protesting and sending supplies and posting on their social media accounts uh, their, the flag. And uh, I know my friends in the Ukraine that I've talked to have said, don't let people forget us. So I, I'm in this sort of torn position because on the one hand, I'm, I want to post uh, videos that are heartfelt so that people don't forget them, that people know, uh, so that they know that the world is watching and that we've got their back. It keeps their spirits up. But neither do I want those to land on the eyeballs of a 13-year-old who's not ready to see it. And so, um, you know, this is the, the conundrum where, you know, we need to use social media and let it be a tool for our betterment. And um, uh, so we we need to really want, ask kids to just pay, pay attention and surf away, use your self-discipline, you, use your boundaries, don't go there. Let's let's go to the positive news cycle, not the negative news cycle. Um, and then get active ourselves. It's not enough to sit in an armchair and worry and perseverate and think that the world is falling apart and that the sky is falling down. What's going to be helpful, what moves us out of hopelessness is when we take action. So you can invite your kids to do any of those things. And again, if it's a five-year-old and, you know, they ask you what's going on because they've overheard, you know, something simple like, you know, well, everybody is very sad and upset because right now there's two countries and they're fighting. They call it a war. And um, we really want them to to end things peacefully and quickly. But we're worried about our friends. And again, this is happening far away and you're safe here, but they're still our friends and they're still important. Um, and we want things to move along quickly and have, an, and have a happy ending. Um, so if they're upset about that, you know, maybe this is a time that we could light a candle and say a little prayer at dinner. Or maybe this is a time that we could make a peace sign and put it in our window so we remember to get along with our friends. Um, anything, you know, anything like that that's just moving things into action. Do you, do you remember when we had the terrible bus crash in Humboldt? where we lost so many of our um, hockey players, our youth hockey players, tragic death. And again, you know, when he, kids hear that and they play hockey and they're people their own age and it's just very close to home that way and they identify with it, 
What, what happened? The, the community came up with this wonderful creative idea of everybody putting their hockey sticks out on their front porches. And in Canada, every porch had a hockey stick on it, um, you know, to memorialize those children, to, to say that we're grieving with you. And so this is sort of the same thing. The doing of something is important. And of course, the older your kids get, the, and the more it can be something that really leads to, you know, shipping sleeping bags or donating to the Red Cross or some of the other um, charities or whatever. It's the, the doing, the helping, the participating. So do it to whatever level that you can. And, you know, you're really modeling social activism and ra- raising a very socially interested uh, kid. And again, we don't know what's going to happen in the days and in, in the weeks ahead. Um, I can't pretend to know the future, but I do believe that I do believe what I just said, that good overrules evil. And um, and so I'm hopeful for that. So I'll be following this along and giving you more ideas about how to talk about it, um, how to explain it. Uh, how to to comfort yourself and keep yourself mentally well so that you can help your kids cope with this shakeup of of what, you know, when the world feels secure and then it's not, it'd be very rattling to our world perspective. And our kids just aren't necessarily all in a developmental stage where they're capable of pulling that all together. So we've got some work ahead of us. Um, Okay, I'm going to move on to my question that came in. And in fact, this is somebody who has been following me on my Thursday Facebook Lives. If you don't know, I try every Thursday to do a Facebook Live 12 noon to 12.30 Eastern Standard Time. And sometimes I can't. I'm traveling tomorrow and then I'm actually taking a holiday. So there's going to be a couple of weeks where I'm not. So I'm telling you now just as I'm about to step away from it. But whenever I can, I do it on Thursdays. And so we got a great group of Illyrian parents there. And one of the parents was wanted to ask me a question a follow-on question to something she had posted and she she just wanted this to be a little bit more anonymous. So um, she basically is telling me about the fact that she's in a marriage. Um, she has a four-year-old daughter and her husband is uh, not well. Um, he is, he, it's a toxic relationship. Uh, she uh, shares that he's, um, you know, experiences anxiety. He gaslights the silent treatment. He's, he stomps and bangs and huffs. He also frequently consumes large amounts of alcohol. And then he, um, it ranges from surly to obnoxious, both during the drinking spell and the following day. Uh, he is not interactive with his daughter, not physically by being in the same space that, that like he'll go to the basement and watch TV or he'll go to the garage or he'll just choose other distractions, watching sports and playing on his phone while she is trying to engage with him. So uh, exiting the situation is the goal. So she recognizes that this is an unhealthy relationship, that it's um, a, an abusive relationship. It crosses that line. Um, this is from an earlier conversation, so I, I kind of know a little bit more about what's going on, but it, it meets those criterias. Um, but she's curious if there's some Adlerian advice on how to handle these situations where the child is involved. So she knows she's going to go, but she's got to deal with the matter at hand. In the moment, addressing of inappropriate behavior by him in the past has resulted in explosive yelling, which feels more damaging. By waiting to talk to her about it means that she may not make the connection of what was inappropriate. My therapist has advised me to trust that she knows in her voice will that she'll voice her concerns when he crosses a line with her. I also understand she's learning from my example of appearing to accept his behavior as normal and appropriate. Boundaries are foreign to me and it's part of my current work. So by extension, she may not understand there's times we feel uncomfortable, but choosing to not say something is also not the right thing to do. Any guidance is appreciated. Um, Yeah. So a couple of, a couple of things here. First of all, I'm glad that you have recognized that this is, this is an abusive relationship and that he has problems he needs to address himself. 
um, and that you have made a strategy to exit. And I know that doesn't always happen quickly, but you're in the moving in the right direction towards health and growth. So congratulations to you. I know it takes courage, but I'm sure you have it within you. And so does your daughter. And so that's the first point. We never want to pity a child. A pitying says you can't manage. And you heard your therapist said, tr- your, your therapist advised, trust, trust your child that she will know. Trust your child, she'll speak up. She might need a little support around that, but don't pity nor overcompensate. If you feel like, oh, you know what, you got such a, a deadbeat of a dad or whatever, or a yelling dad, I'm going to be permissive and make up for that by, you know, spoiling you and giving you off the hook for your responsibilities and, you know, all those kinds of things. That that does not help either to go from one end of the spectrum um, of of parental mistakes to the other end of the spectrum of parental mistakes. It just means you have twice as many parental mistakes. We want you to just do your good work of being a parent and know that she can figure him out. She can figure you out. And so that's my second point. Really what you want to do then is, so you be the one who models a good parent-child relationship. She only needs one example of that. So you be, you be in good relationship with her, which means holding boundaries, consequences, um, you know, uh, all those kinds of things. And um, and if you can get your relationship right with her, then that's great. I would also say that you can sort of coach her to deal with her father. I mean, he's not going to take any correction, sounds like. So if she gets into a situation, she's pestering your dad, like, play with me, play with me, play with me. And, you know, he's busy on his phone or watching sports and he's not responding in the way. Um, if he does explode, then you can you know, sort of say, I am, I'm so sorry that that happened. I guess sometimes we need to think about different ways that we might get our dad to to um, play with us. Maybe now wasn't the time. What would be a different way that you could try again? And again, the idea is, depending on how much he's like in their face and pestering, I'm saying kids learn experientially. If if you, you know, you don't think that she can smell the beer on his breath and know that the sports game is on and know that if she starts crawling all over his lap, that he's going to lose his cool on her. She can, she can figure that out. She can learn. And, um, you know, again, I don't, I don't want to give him, um, it's not the right way to treat a child, but what I'm saying is her capacity to put one and two together, she can do that. She can do that. And so then what we can kind of say to her is, you know, Hey, when you see, when you, you know, when you see dad is like this and the TV is like that and you don't get, you know, he doesn't reply your first time and he doesn't reply your second time. Maybe the thing to do is to actually just let him have his time and try again later. So you might coach her on, um, you know, every time you do that, he kind of ends up yelling. So maybe there's something different that you want to try. Uh, I'm not condoning his behavior. And I'm saying I'm sorry to her that things didn't go the way that she thought they were going to go. But I can say, so let's try something different the next time. If you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you're getting. Um And uh, so that might be, well, you know, maybe before he sits down to watch the game, you say, when the game is over, you know, do you think we'd have time for cards or something like that? Um, But I think the more important thing here is, is, um, you know, love, love her, be a great parent, get out of that situation. And as she starts to get a little bit older, um, then you can start to say a little bit more about, um, what it's like to have some problems. And I wouldn't start that at four years old. And you don't want to, kids put their parents up on on shiny white horses and I don't want you to throw him under the bus. 
But I also think at a point you don't want a child to internalize these messages that I'm not loved or not important when in fact another parent is suffering with mental health and addiction issues. And we need to be clear about that. That's not about you. That was about them. Uh, but I don't think now is the time to, to, to do that. I think now is the time to put your energies into you being a good parent, trusting that you're enough for her right now and getting yourself away from that environment. That's, that's job one. So, um, so kudos for you for, for making the big move and doing the right things there. And if you need any follow-up support, please keep showing up to Thursdays, Facebook lives, keep sending questions. And, um, uh, hopefully this has been helpful. All right, folks, catch you next time. As you know, it takes a village to make a podcast. So thanks to my team, including Max Cotter, my editor and technician, as well as the crew at H2O Digital. This podcast was recorded in Toronto, Canada. We acknowledge the land we are meeting on is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit and Métis. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.